0: For JD Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com/awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com.
1: Well, hello. If I sound out of breath by the way, it's because I've literally just ran back from a mate date. It sounds like really weird to say but I genuinely just met up with someone purely on the basis that I need to get some friends in my new area and um, I found a mum friend potentially. I've run back, I'm slightly out of breath but I'm also very excited about today's guest and I know you will be too. He has honestly got me through some really dark times on my TV screen. We've obviously had Lockdown, my pregnancy in lockdown. He's on 70 Cogglebox. Box. Honestly, that show just like, saved me. And this person, alongside his friend Mo Gilligan, are two of the funniest people. And that is one show that I actually bit that I'm not a part of. If anyone ever is listening, I would love to do that show. But um, anyway, he is an actor, he's a writer, he's one of the most exciting rising stars in comedy. It's Babatunde Aleshe. Hey,
2: thank you very much. It's-
1: I mean I know that we're not here to talk about Celebrity Gogglebox because obviously like your arguably most important role is your role as a dad and I can't wait to delve into that especially because um, I did a podcast episode with my partner. God I never know what to say because we're not married. It's easy to say husband we lie when we're out because <laughs> then it just like, it's so much easier but boyfriend feels a bit like young or weird when you've got a kid, doesn't it? So anyway, we did um, a podcast episode together and um, I know lots of men listen to it. I know lots of females like getting the male perspective and I actually found it really interesting because I think when you're a new parent and speaking as a mom, you kind of like are going through all the changes that you're going through that you forget that dads are also going through this huge life change and all the relationship changes and it's interesting to hear about the perspective from the other side. Yeah, yeah,
2: there are lots of changes, lots of changes um, that we'll delve into but yeah, I've I've had to look myself in the mirror a few times.
1: <laughs> Your son is five years old so I've never had a five-year-old yet and I feel like when children are ahead, it's all still a bit of a mystery but is he old enough to watch um, Fox?
2: Some episodes, <laughs> I took him to one of my mate's house uh, because um, it was one of my friend's son's birthday parties. And instead of playing out in the bouncy castle, my son made his way to the living room, got hold of their remote control and went on uh, all all four and then put on Celebrity Gogglebox and was just like, look, my dad, my dad's on TV. So he's well aware of, of what I do. That is so funny.
1: I feel like he's just like your hype man.
2: <laughs> but he's more of a fan of Mo than he is of me because he loves the marketing So every time he sees it, he's just like, Mo, Mo, Mo. And he's just like, can we call Mo? And I'm just like, no, we're not going to bug Mo. But he likes to call Mo and, you know, to say hello and then run away. He's still shy. But yeah, he's a massive Mo fan.
1: Is it weird to now be such a recognisable face to go to like the school gates? Or have you just noticed that people are like...
2: To be honest, people, where I live, people notice, they know who I am. And they, you know, they, you know, they notice like, oh, he's the guy from TV. But no one has, only a few people come up to me. And, you know actually make reference to, to what I do and the fact that I'm on Gogglebox and other little bits of TV that I've done. Um, but where I shop, where there's like a little um, kind of like, I'd say like a little shopping centre where where I go, uh, all the shopkeepers there, they always hounding me about every single programme they saw me on. So that's nice. But from at school, at the school gates, none of the parents bug me.
1: <laughs> I find it so interesting because I haven't done like the school the school side a bit yet but um yeah i do want to like rewind all the way back to pregnancy yeah. because oh. uh, you know what it's interesting i was talking to my fake husband Last night. <laughs> we just need a word. We need a word. For
2: people. Partners is good enough. Partners is great. I feel
1: like partner <laughs> is kind of the word you use when you're like in your 70s and you find love again.
2: <laughs> but is there a reason why you guys are not married or it's it just not happened?
1: So, I mean, to be honest, we, we reconnected. We knew each other a long time ago and then um, we reconnected on the good old Hinge app. Yeah. The first of December, we went on a date and then things just went really quickly. So the first reason would be that we didn't have time. Three months later, it was lockdown, which is actually how he moved in. So we weren't planning on rushing things. We certainly weren't planning on a family. And interestingly, he really, kids always made that really clear. And I was the one that actually didn't really envision a life. I wasn't ever against kids, but I was always a bit like... When I was younger, I always said, "Oh, when I'm older, I'll have kids." When I'm older, and now I'm 34, and I was like, "Yeah, when I'm older, I'll have
2: kids." <laughs> You're there now, right? You,
1: know, like, well, you better like TikTok if you. So, um, it was only when Boris did the announcement. Actually, we we locked down together or not, and then so yeah, the main reason that we haven't got married is um is like the timing of it all, and then yeah. the second one is like I don't know. I've I've really dreamt of. Marriage, I think he he's so more. And I said to him, like, it was really important to you. I will, and he was like, wow. Well, when you put it like that,
2: I mean, it's 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 neither here nor there nowadays. It's not like back in the days where it's like, oh no, you must get married. I think nowadays, it's so long as you have that the same connection. And, you know, the same commitment. It is what it is, you know what I mean?
1: You are married, I presume?
2: Yeah, yeah, I'm married, yeah, yeah. Six years now.
1: Wow, six
2: years. Yeah, and six years.
1: Were babies on the cards?
2: Yeah, it was It was planned. We we made our our plans very clear to each other what we wanted uh, going forward when we when we started dating. And luckily, she was on the same page as me. I was just like, because I was 26. And I was just like, look, I'm about to be 13 very, very soon. So, you know, I'm trying to I'm speed things up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And she was just like, yeah, she's on the same page. So I was just like, good.
1: Funny that we all have that 30 in our heads.
2: I know, right? Yeah. Like it's so old and it's not old at all. Yeah, yeah. Made our was very clear, got married. And then within the the first year, um, oh, she was pregnant. We had our son and yeah life has changed.
1: Did you notice like a big change in the dynamics of your relationship?
2: So all of that going out and enjoying yourself and you know, like we, me and my wife used to do, that was all out the window because it's so strange leaving the house as a pair, even though she was pregnant and then coming home with a child, it was so strange because it's just like, okay, there's another person here now you know that we have to take care of and that 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 blew my mind for like the first month like i couldn't believe that we left to go to the hospital as two people came back with this person who we don't know but are responsible for <laughs> you know what i'm saying and we got to get to know this child and um it, I, I i say it wasn't it wasn't tough it was just adjustment but now i think we feel the effects of it because even the other day, my wife was just like, hey, you know, we don't really go out as much as we used to because me and we love being outdoors. We love it. We love going, randomly, we'll just be like, ah, let's just go have dinner here and let's go here, let's go there. And all of that stops once you have a child, all of that out the window, unless you're rich and <laughs> you can afford a nanny, all of that out the window, you know what I mean?
1: No, it's so funny because we um, feel like we now that we've got Alpha's One, we're just starting to be able to get our life back. Tommy's mum's actually staying at the moment. So we went on our second date since album D- And our And so I was really hoping that you are going to say, now we're at this age, you really start to get your life back. No, so you you like, do, oh.
2: you do. I mean, he goes to his aunties, he goes to his grandma's and like he, like we get up, we've got our life back, but it's not, it's nowhere near the same. Nowhere near the same. Like, just like, you've always got your child at the back of your mind. Like, even on our anniversary, uh, we stayed at our hotel. We basically spent the whole night on FaceTime with our son. <laughs> it's just it's like, you end up missing them. They end up missing you. And they're just like, I really want to speak to mummy and daddy. And then it's just like, you can't even enjoy <laughs> like your anniversary. You've got to entertain your child. But it's, a I, I I love it. I love every aspect of Parenting and, you know, being with my wife and things. I, I, I absolutely love. As much as I complain, I love it deep inside. I'm-
1: oh, we're parents. We're allowed, to, we're allowed to complain. When you left the house as a two and you came back as a three, I find it fascinating to know from the other parents' perspective, what is it like to go through childbirth? Okay.
2: Now, because I, I watched the whole... I, I, I looked. I <laughs> didn't
1: realize you know this is a thing that you, like, some people just don't. Know? Yeah,
2: I looked because some, some, some uh, well, some, the nurses were telling me that a lot of men faint when they, um when they, when they see it, when they see what's going on. I didn't faint. I actually, number one, I was high off the gas,
1: <laughs> the know, hospital I gas. I need that. Yeah, oh. I was yes. high.
2: I was high, me and my wife, <laughs> we shared the gas. So I was just like, I want some as well. Like, You're not just going to be the only one up here. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I had the gas um, as well. So I was, my head was gone, but it is, I, I keep saying this to people. For me, it was one of the most beautiful things I've ever witnessed. Seeing a child come out and it's, it don't get twisted. It's not the prettiest thing, but there's such a there's a beauty to it. I don't know how to explain it, but seeing your wife push a baby out it's it just I was just like wow that's a, that's amazing like that is amazing how her body women's bodies can do that. It's crazy. I could never think of doing that
1: <laughs> Did she have like a good or straightforward birth
2: she it was a bit complicated it was, it was two weeks late. So they had to induce her uh, three times. He he was not trying to come out. He was very comfortable in my wife's bed belly, and um, so it wasn't. It was complicated for that reason. But in terms of giving birth, no, it, it was straightforward. It was a what they call a natural birth, and yeah, he, he was eight
1: eight and a half pounds. Oh, eight and a half. half was nine and a half. So yeah, yeah big, big Jesus. Baby. Yeah, because I always think it must be like a strange. Feel it or strange witnessing someone through pain because even when it's a beautiful experience it's still obviously a painful experience to whatever degree and i guess yeah when i like when i gave birth for example like yeah of course i was worried about that was like the main thing on mine but i was also like distracted by the pain but what is it like as the other partner kind of, I guess, worrying about the wife, but also worrying yeah. about baby. For
2: me, I remember there was, my wife had a huge contraction and I was holding her hand and I didn't know what else to say. So I said to her, I said, okay, you felt that pain, right? She was like, yeah, I was just like, okay, now you know what this is. I mean, it's not gonna get no worse or better from like you know from here. You gotta stick it out, I, like, and I know you can do it. So just you know, j- just just try your hardest. Just you know, listen to the nurses, and I'm here. I'm just here. I'm, I'm I, and I just held her hand, and that that's literally all I could say. I didn't know what else to say because like just watching her going through that pain, and then it's weird because once the child came out, it's like. She didn't even remember the pain at all. And I, I, it still blows my mind to this day. Still blows my mind to this day how women can just go through all of that and then they see their child and then she was just weeping going, oh, my God, he's so perfect. And I was just like, you don't remember that pain that you just went through? You were you were calling me types of names and stuff. <laughs> so, yeah. You know what?
1: It's so mad because I feel like I didn't have that like, experience to the point that I was actually worried at first because I remember being so – I was so – I just wanted him to be healthy and I just wanted him to come out okay because his heart rate kept dropping. So I remember just being really relieved that he was here and alive and healthy, but I didn't feel that, like, rush of love – Like at first, and I was waiting because everyone says the moment you get your child on your chest, like it's all worth it, it's all worth it. And I remember like looking at him, feeling like, you know, thank goodness that he's here and he's healthy. But I remember being like, all right, (laughs) I I feel like when people, when I, just had snoop people were about honestly you think you know like you think you know love but you don't until you have a child and i remember just really thinking like i can't wait to go home and see my dog (laughs) which sounds awful and i remember saying to tommy do you love him like do you feel like love and he was like yeah and i was like uh i don't know and i remember then i remember thinking like what's the situation down there like i remember going to the midwife like Am, am I alright? Like, <laughs> do I need stitches? But I did not know. One really well. and then, like you said, you left as a three. I just remember going home and going like, like, hello, you live here now. Like, <laughs> <home house>.
2: <laughs> you want anything? Yeah. Just call. You know, you know where I'm at. <laughs> no, um, I've I have heard about that. I've heard about. Um, I, I don't know the name for it, but I've heard about sometimes mothers may not feel that attachment straight away. For me and my wife, um, I felt it straight away, but I think that's because I've always wanted to be a dad. I've always wanted that. I've always wanted to be a husband. I've always wanted to be a father. So that love was there the minute he was here. I don't know about now, like now that he's five and he can talk, I don't know. Man. We might have to negotiate that love stuff. I like him, but you know, I'm kind of over it. <laughs> you know what I mean? But he's, um, yeah, straight you away. Say that, but then you still, you just told me that
1: you go when you end up Facetime. That's the
2: truth. Like I can, I can complain about my son all week, and then the minute he goes to his grandma for like a day, I'm like, I want my son back. I just want to see him and, and give him hugs, and then by the time he gets here again. I'm just like, oh my gosh, I can't wait for him to leave again. Because he's just just a nightmare now, you know what I mean? But he just bullies me. That
1: is like a mad paradox of parenting, isn't it?
2: Oh my God, yes. I go go in and I check if my son is breathing. (laughs) (laughs) My wife is always me from going into his bedroom and giving him kisses. Because she's just like, you're going to wake him up, he's sleeping. But I just can't help myself, man. I love it.
1: Did you discuss like... Your roles and your jobs with each other before um, your son came along, or basically because of this, like the term "hands-on dad," it always kind of like jars me a little bit because you never, you never have someone to say like, "Oh, so nice, what hands-on mum?" <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. Um, the type of dad I am, I'm strict. I am strict. I think that's based off of my upbringing. When my mum was a single parent. She, you know, she raised me by herself, Nigerian mum. And um, she was very strict. But that's given the environment we were living in, it was quite dangerous. So she had to be quite strict to keep me, you know, on the right path. Uh, And I feel like I've picked that up. So with my son, I'm learning a lot of patience. I'm learning that it's not about telling him what to do. You know, I've got to communicate. Uh, But yeah, for the first... First, like, three years, very strict. Very, very strict.
1: And did you, did you, like, consider yourself to be, like, a hands-on dad as much as I say, or did you want to be, or do you, what? how did you, like, kind of, like, split the roles?
2: I don't know. We've naturally kind of just f- fell into them. Yeah, because my son has a lot of respect for me in terms of just, like, he knows, OK, dad doesn't mess about. And my... My wife naturally is the nurturer. Uh, that's not always the dynamics with like every man and woman, but we've kind of just naturally fallen into those roles. And my son knows who to go to for whatever he wants. Like it, it, he knows that if me are gonna go for a walk or we're gonna, you know, go out to the playground or something like that, he knows. Okay, I'm gonna go with daddy because daddy's gonna keep all the bad people away. Because I I don't I don't I don't mess about. <laughs> if I don't know you don't touch my son you know what I'm saying but he knows that hey if it's time for you know if it's time to go to bed and have a story read to him he wants his mum because he knows his mum's gonna give him hugs and kisses and sing him a song and all of that whereas I'm just like all right you've read your book uh nights out like bye night now so I'm I'm very straightforward and 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 my son is recognized that he, he knows who's
1: is it, in, is it like interesting for you, um, just like when you said that you were raised by a single mum and I actually did um, a whole episode on single moms last week because I just think they're absolute superheroes. Um, was it is it interesting to you being raised by a single mum now being a dad? like
2: Yeah. I had to definitely, and this is why I said I had to look myself in the mirror a few times because I realised I didn't know anything about being a dad I've not seen it being you know being done apart from like some of my friends who had fathers so I really didn't know what I was doing at first and I think that's where when me and my wife have have, have had conversations it's been it's always been a thing of you need to be much more patient you let back explain you can't just be you know order here and order 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 all the time you know i've got to really start communicating with him and and it's worked uh, you know my son has always had huge love for me but nowadays it's a thing where i think he just respects the fact that i'm trying taking the time to not always get angry <laughs> you know when he does something wrong you know what i'm saying because i i am a strict father i'm a, i'm in terms of just as a person i'm very disciplined so that carries, you know, throughout my whole, you know, with, you know, with everything I do. So yeah.
1: Push your Peak is a brand new podcast brought to you by What Bike. Join me, Louise Minchin, and some of the world's most incredible sports people to learn what it takes mentally and physically to push yourself beyond your limits. Whether you're an elite or everyday athlete, it can be hard to continually progress. How do you push yourself out of your comfort zone? Where do you go to find that inner drive? Tune in to hear these inspiring stories and take away the belief that you can achieve your own goals no matter. How big or small. You can find us wherever you got this podcast. Just search Push Your Peak.
0: Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high end brands. And the best part?
1: It's interesting because I feel like in like today's day and age, we hear the word like educate your, or the phrase educate your sons a lot. So, you know, like whenever there's like violence against women, male violence, whatever, everyone always says, educate your sons. And I used to say it before I was a mum to a son. What does it mean, educate your sons? Like, how can we do our bit to educate our sons?
2: I think if we educate our sons, we have to be um, the example. Me as a father... I have to show him how uh, how you tend to a, a woman, how you tend to a woman's needs. Um, it's not always about you know trying to get into her pants. You've got to have love and respect for you know your half. And so, if I show him that, he's able to emulate that in, in you know in society. But as when he grows up, but also it's about those conversations when you see somebody make a mistake because he's going to make mistakes early on. And that's, you know, that's what childhood and being a teenager is for. I don't think that you, I don't think that you cancel them out. I think you actually sit them down and and, and speak to them. But the issue is you've got with the whole, you know, educate your son. You've got a whole bunch of sons being raised um, by women who are not fathers and the fathers are not in, in their child's life. And that's just the sad reality of it. So I don't think... I think it's a great phrase, but I, I also always tell people, you know, to encourage them just to exercise a bit of um, forgiveness. Don't always just cancel people out. A lot of people really do not know what they're doing, you know, out here. Um, but yeah, I'm definitely going to educate myself when it comes to how you conduct yourself all around, you know, women and how you treat women. Yeah.
1: I feel like the last two years have been like, mad in terms of like violence against women, but also all the like Black Lives Matter protests. And as a black man raising a black son, is that hard to navigate?
2: It is absolutely hard. Absolutely. We've had an incident, I've spoken about this before, but we had an incident um, at my son's school where a child just randomly, and I was with my son at the time, a child just randomly came up to him and said, oh, by the way, you're not allowed to come to my house because you're black and we don't allow black (gasps) people In our, yeah, in our house. And I was standing right there. Yeah, this was when he was four. This was when he was four. Wow. And um, I was standing right there. And, and what annoyed me about that the most is after, you know, we, the school dealt with it perfectly. They really, really um, dealt with it in, in such a great way. And I believe that the parents have been educated since that, you know, that, that whole incident.
1: Because I gets it obviously comes
2: from parents.
1: Right? I mean, that's it's all your uh, own, obviously that.
2: we, me, and you know that. But at the at the mo- at the beginning, those the parents, I don't think they agreed with that. But you know, that is what it is. I the thing is, the issue was I didn't want my son to deal with that so early on, and that's why we moved out of the city. We moved out of the city to the countryside, and we were just like, okay, well at least he'll get a chance at. A better education, he won't have to do this, the thing that I dealt with as a as a child. Lo and behold, yeah, he may not have to deal with like gangs and things like that, but he has to deal with uh, you know ignorance. And um, I was so hurt. I was so hurt, I was so upset. Um, so it is hard raising a, a child as a black um, a black man, but it's one that he is going to have to understand at some point. I just didn't want it to be that early, not when you're four.
1: It's mad and like depressing. I mean, obviously I, I'm i a white person, I, I, I never have to experience that, but it shocks me actually that it happens still in this day and age.
2: I have to say this, I've traveled up and down, um, you know, this country and I have, I I know for a fact that it is the small minority, you know, the the majority of this country, don't hold those values. And that's only because I've interacted with so much people up and down this country. So I do know that there's racism in this country and I do know it's, you know, it goes from working class to middle class all the way up to upper class and you're aristocrats. However, you know, I, I, I've interacted with enough people to know that not everybody who's white hold those values. So it is a small minority, you know, even though it may be a lot of people, there's still a minority to the vast majority of us that don't hold those.
1: It's a small minority and we need to all keep fighting for like for change really, but.
2: uh, Absolutely.
1: How, if you don't mind me asking, like how do you navigate those tough conversations? Because like you said, he's four, he's now five, like he's a child, he shouldn't have to. Yeah. Like how, like, do you even deal with it?
2: I mean, he he did have a lot of questions after that incident. He was just like, "Oh, daddy, what's black? What's white? What's this? What's that?" And from then, I just had to start educating him about, you know, you know, the color of his skin, the differences, why were black people and why they're white people, and I, he he doesn't understand anything I'm saying. He still doesn't understand, and that's the point. You're not supposed to. Um, uh, you know but as he gets older he will understand because you know we have I've always been a big book reader so we've got books you know on you know on African history and melanin and things like that so he will be educated 100 percent. plus he, he's got a lot of um so he's half Jamaican half Nigerian so a lot of his family used to be Rastas so you know they're all into their you know, their African history. So he definitely will be educated on on on, on himself. On But we know enough to know that um, it's not all white people. Plus, we have a lot of white people in our family as well. So, yeah.
1: How do you like navigate? Because, uh, funny enough, Alf literally has just gone and done his first little, like, trying it out day at the Child Minders, just so I can, like, okay. get on with work, because I've just... Um, recently finished breastfeeding so now he's able to like leave me for a few hours which is amazing but um I actually said earlier because it's his first time interacting with other babies because we don't really know anyone else with babies although a few of our friends are now starting to get pregnant which is amazing but how do you have to do how do you deal with like bullying with kids like because obviously in that situation, that was racism, but it's obviously like a, another kid that doesn't really know any better, hopefully.
0: Yeah.
1: Because like, it must be hard because I, I even joked, I'm like, if any of those kids pick on Alf, I'm gonna like beat them, but <laughs> I'm not gonna beat them. I'm like, what, what was your reaction to the little boy?
2: Um, so to the little boy, I, di- I didn't really, I had no reaction to him because I knew I knew for a fact, it was not him, that that was not coming from him. Because the way he re- Repeated what he said, the way he said what he said, I could tell he was repeating something he had been told because it, this was unrehearsed. My man just, he literally just came up to my son and just started saying what he said. Um, but in terms of just bullying on a whole, okay, so no one troubles my son if they see me. They don't because I, I like I said, I'm. I really do make my presence known when I'm around my son. If it soft play, if we go to the playground, wherever we go. So even if I see just an inkling of a child trying to intimidate my son, I'm, I'm right there and I make them know that, oh, okay, daddy's around. So let me leave this child alone. Now, when I wasn't there and my wife took my son to soft play, an incident happened where a child was trying to bully my son and my wife had to step in because my son is very he's you know he's just very chilled he just wants to play he wants to interact with other children and so my wife had to step in so when it's a bullying if if my son can't defend himself we'll step in if we're there when it comes to you know uh schooling he goes to school where there is it's a no uh, tolerance on bullying they do not tolerate that so teachers are always around to see how the children are interacting with each other so he doesn't really have to deal with it too much which is good
1: it's like the scariest thing as a parent isn't it because like also, what if my child is the bully
2: they, all right now that's a <laughs> that's, that's another story we did have a story where my son uh pushed a child and i had to you know, step in and say, look, you have to apologise, number one, to the child. And then I had to take, you know, I had to take the bullet and apologise to the parent because I don't tolerate that as well. So, yeah, we don't tolerate we don't tolerate it happening to our son and we do not tolerate our son bullying other people because, you know, even when he gets older, it's not good.
1: It's weird, isn't it? Because children are so innocent, but yet there is, like... Kids or savages. Oh yeah, like they, <laughs> they just come out with it. And you know, going back to what you said earlier, like usually it doesn't come from the kids. So whether that's like in your case, um like the racist remarks, or it could be like like fat, like fat, like you know, like there's an appearance when your children things like that. Um, yeah, because I did a podcast recently about around body image um and i always think body image when it's teenagers especially now in like the generation of like watching shows like love island and there's like for men and women there's that sort of like one kind of body type Um, right it actually starts from as young as like three because kids pick on each other and it, it I almost like forgot because I, I guess we all gloss our childhoods a bit, but I was like, yeah, we used to... You like, <laughs> I savage. Mean, yeah, we, like, you would pick a, over people for like loads of differences that like looking back, you're like, I guess all the things that is when you're an adult, you will celebrate like you, we like celebrate our differences and our quirkiness as adults, but when you're young, you just want to fit in, don't you?
2: Um, and that is our worry at the moment. Uh, we have been worrying about the fact that you know, he's only one of few black people at his school. Is that going to be, should we be concerned? Um, but the fact is, I think we've put our trust in the teachers to do such a great job and they're, they're doing a fast thing in educating children on like differences of, you know, race and nationality. And um, yeah, so we can only trust those who we, you know, put our child into their hands so we can only trust them.
1: I'd like to really like think and hope as well that, as like diversity and inclusivity like increases on, on like tv and um, oh yeah like do you do you feel like the black lives matter movement i mean i know it i know it existed before george Floyd, like floyd's murder but i feel like that like the catalyst of it becoming at least known in like globally the mass Yeah, like yeah, I, I yeah. see now so much more like inclusivity on TV. And I grew up in an area that was a very white area up north. Definitely, like wouldn't say that I was ever ever racist. at all knew the difference of right and wrong, but I, I own any other minority were always like others because I was in such a white area, and it's so good even for me to think like people who are in these very white like, dominated areas or growing up seeing, you know, like even like Mo Gilligan having like yes. a Saturday night yeah. um, show. And, and you, you you have a podcast, right, about inclusivity.
2: Yeah, um, uh, puffing with puffing Books, uh, Mission Imagination. And that's all about celebrating diverse voices, not just um, like race, but uh, a lot of um, female authors. Uh, We're trying to champion uh, voices, unheard voices. And so um, we've been blessed by Puffin Books. They've sent us, you know, a whole load of books by uh, people of colour and, you know, female authors. And so my son enjoys every single book that they, like his favourite book um, is one of the books that they gave us um, called Clean Up. And he just just absolutely loves it. And that's led by a a black, the character is a black girl, black female. So yeah it's it's that's that's been a blessing on to us but um in terms of on tv and stuff i think now um with the internet and obviously with you know people like mo gilligan there's so much black yeah and myself but there's so much voices now i don't feel like um anyone can feel left out cuz you know we're living in such a great time where everybody if you've got a disability if you know if you're plus size if you're black if you're female even just white, you know, if you're white, like we champion everybody and it's such a great time to live in. And um, I'm kind of envious my son gets to live in such a time where everybody's just being celebrated. Cause like you said, it weren't like that when I was growing up, you know, and I lived in Tottenham. I grew up in Tottenham. So to see a white person was rare. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We used to be like, oh, where are you from? Like, cause we thought we were going to hear something foreign. And if you heard someone say they're, they're English, you'd be like, oh, so you're actually from here. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like it was fair to meet someone from England um, growing up because everybody was a segregated, you know, like, you know this was a black community this was a white community and the two didn't mix
1: it's interesting as well like saying about inclusivity in books because i realized like the other day that so i love I what are they called like small people do you know the story that's like and um, the little stories of, it is for children and it basically tells you about these people and i love them because they also look really nice on bookshelves and i realized the other day when i was walking past waterstones and um, there's one i saw i think it was like dolly parton and I was like, oh, I'd like to get that one, but oh, I, like, I thought something something along the lines of, I can't wait to have a girl so I can buy her that book. And then I was like, why am I not buying my son? Like, books with female characters. Like, I I call myself a feminist and, so, and, like, and, and I do like, you know, I want Alf to grow up if he wants to be like sensitive, whatever it is. I don't want to like instill. I just want him to be whoever he wants to be, like regardless of like what character trait that is. And then I was like, why am I not? so i like went in to buy the dolly parton books so of course i wanted to know about like strong female
2: that you raise a good point yeah um, you raise a good point because we've got my wife found these uh books from um i believe it's called good book company and uh it's christian books um it's bible characters and basically short just like an overview of like, you know, some of the patriarchs in in the Bible. So his favorite one from that collection is the story of Moses, but all the characters are black. And so I thought that was cool, um, even though that may or may not be accurate. I just thought it was cool just to like, have him have a book that he's seeing people that look like him. So my son doesn't miss out, even though he goes to a white majority school. He doesn't miss out. And we don't see that as a problem. Um, but we do obviously encourage and have encouraged the school. He may need to, you may need to bring more black people in because it's like, you know, it's not that much, <laughs> you know, don't want him to stand out and notice that he stands out because you know, what's going to happen. The minute they start getting older, they're going to start pointing out each other's differences. And that's when insecurities and all of those type of things come in.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I feel like, I mean, inclusivity and diversity is, that, like you said, it's just so important it is, in yeah. all
2: aspects. Yeah. It's going to take a long time for us to get there, but I'm glad whatever's happening nowadays, I'm just glad it's happening because it seems like human beings are finally on the right track. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like we finally got our stuff together. And we're trying to do something good.
1: Um, And every week I always read a message out from um, one of you guys, my lovely listeners. So um, this one is from Pamela, who actually sent us a voice note. It's the first voice note that we've had.
3: Hi, Ashley. Um, My name is Pamela Higgins, um, Spamla B on Instagram. And, um, yeah, I have followed your Instagram for a long time and listened to your podcast religiously. Um, which is amazing, I absolutely love it. And uh, yeah, I just thought why not send um, a voice note in, i have just be listening to your latest episode. Um, I am like walking my own baby, he is called Oliver. He is 10 months, so not far behind Alf. And I've also got a four-year-old boy called Thomas, who's currently at school. Um, so I go out on my daily walks every day while Oliver sleeps. Um, and yeah, I just wanna say how much I, adore your journey your openness your honesty everything that you share the ups and downs like with everything being a woman being a mum, i think it's so inspirational and yeah i just want to say like thanks and it's interesting obviously i've been a mum before and going through this kind of baby phase i feel like i've gone through very 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 similar things at a very similar time especially um the breastfeeding and the biting so I made the decision only about three weeks ago, after many biting attempts on feeding, which was oh god, as you know and spoke about, it's just awful and really emotional. But um, I was expressing, and he's taking the bottle, and I was going, I was aiming to do it until he was one anyway. And yes, I've closed that chapter and I feel, like you said, a bit more liberated, a bit more free, kind of getting my life back and my identity back. So thank you for talking about that as well. Um, yeah, just keep up the amazing work. Um absolutely love following you and I try and share um, your podcast to all my other friends that I've got. So yeah, anyway, take care and yeah, I look forward to the next episode. Thanks, Ashley. Bye.
1: Thank you so much for that. and. Um... If you do want to get in touch, of course, you can leave a voice note. Uh, the number is, God, I, I, I would honestly be a terrible like, no, you, TV you host that does no. the numbers because <laughs> I'm a little bit infractic, so I'm going to try and read it. It's 75 triple nine, two, seven, five, three, seven. Can you tell me before I let you go in a nutshell, what have I got to look forward to between the one year of age and the five year of age? What do I have to prepare myself for?
2: <laughs> what do you have to prepare yourself for? Uh, the talking back when they start talking, uh, the, the, the running away, bullying, they bully you. My son bullies me. now. He Like he really does. Like I'll just be sitting down, minding my business. This boy will charge try- and just jump on me. Um, yeah, the bullying and then the playing uh, each parent against each other. They know, wow,
1: it's young they sad. start
2: learning how to do that. Oh, oh yeah, my son. Oh, if I tell him no, he goes right up to you know his mom with the sad face and the sad voice. And then when she, once she says yes, it becomes a problem between me and her. And so he, he knows that now. And um, yeah, they're smarter than you think. You will know who the personality comes from. My son is me, and I can't stand me. If, okay. <laughs> <like> just, <laughs> so I know I know I must be annoying because when my son starts to, and I'm just like, gosh, is this what I was really like? So um, yeah, you're gonna know exactly who your son takes after. Uh, so yeah, that's 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 what you got to to look forward to. Yeah. I'm gonna
1: let you go. Look at that! Bang on the time that you need to go.
2: Bang on time. Uh, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. And I just want to say you are an incredible host. This is an incredible podcast. You're doing so well. Keep it up. And yeah, this, this is great for mums and dads to listen to. So well thank done. Thank you so
1: much. And thank you for all the lols and the future lols. I know that um, will be coming.
2: Thank you so much for having me. Thank you.
1: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better?